Welcome to Organics Unpacked, a podcast for the business-minded organic grower. An interview podcast where we hear from the top experts in the commercial organic industry with a focus on the business elements of organic growing, both in and out of the field. You will gain insight and grow your operation. This show is brought to you ad-free by Ave Organics, a Wilbur Ellis company. To learn more about Ave Organics, visit our program notes. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. Welcome to a new episode of Organics Unpacked, a podcast where we discuss organic farming from a practical view. I am your host, Tom Buman. Today, I'm joined by Rick Geisey. Rick is the director of the fertilizer division for Nature Safe Natural and Organic Fertilizer, which is a division of Darling Ingredients. Rick, welcome to Organics Impact. Hi, Tom. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, absolutely. It's good to have you here today, Rick. Rick, before we get started, um, I'd like to have you talk a little bit about your background and how did you get to this position of where you are today? Sure. Uh, so I actually started off out of college, um, had a multiple majors and, and mostly business oriented production and operations management and purchasing and marketing and worked in banking and, and made a transition early in my career to an agribusiness called Griffin Industries. That was a recycling company that focused on uh, recycling and edible animal byproducts into all sorts of different product streams, um, namely animal feeds but also organic fertilizers, renewable fuels, uh, and, 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 and even trimmed and cured uh, sow and beef hides for the leather industry. So I started in that role as a, in, 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 um, a marketing role and really enjoyed the work, enjoyed the company, and, and just so happened our most marketing-driven product was our organic fertilizer business. And, and in fact, it was just like Darling Ingredients now, it was the only product that would be classified as kind of a typical finished good. And uh, so I naturally moved more into organic fertilizer. And 25 years later, uh, I've made a career out of this, what I do. And we, uh, we, we now, um, about 10 years ago, we were acquired, Griffin Industries was acquired by a company called Darling uh, International, now Darling Ingredients. Uh, it's a global agribusiness that does the same basic thing that Griffin Industries had done, which is we recycle in edible animal byproducts. Everything you and I don't consume from a cow, chicken, pig is what we recycle. And those products end up into all sorts of interesting product streams that touch our, our everyday lives. And, and uh, we are, I don't know, 38 countries now that we operate in on five continents. And, and we have three organic fertilizer production facilities in the US. Uh, that serve primarily organic agriculture, but we also do a lot with golf course, sports turf, lawn care, and we do some private label work as well. Interesting. So, Rick, you seems like you've been in the recycling business for a long time, um, maybe ahead of ahead of most people. So, uh, that's pretty cool. But um, tell me a little bit about Nature Safe, if you will. Kind of tell me about your your products, your mission, what if you offer services, just uh, kind of a, sure. in a nutshell, what what is Nature Safe? Sure. Well, it's it's to understand Nature Safe, it, it's good to kind of really go back a little bit on that Darling Ingredients and, and, and Griffin Industries lineage. Um, you know, being a staple 
in animal nutrition. If, if, if we never sold a, a bag of organic fertilizer or a ton of organic fertilizer, all of the protein, all the organic nitrogen, phosphorus, calcium components that make up our organic fertilizer would otherwise be sold as feed ingredients to poultry production, swine production, aquaculture, uh, even pet foods. So it's, a, it's, it's our methodology from an organic fertilizer standpoint is take the science and expertise that we apply to how to feed a dog, a cat, a chicken, and apply that to how to fertilize the soil and the plant. And the principles are very similar. It's about how concentrated we can make that organic fertilizer and how controlled and complete we can, can process that material so that it gives a very consistent release uh, uh, from a, from a um, mineralization standpoint. So again, our whole, our whole subject matter expertise is heavily leveraged on animal nutrition and its applications to agronomy or, or soil and plant nutrition. So tell me about your footprint of Nature Safe. Are you kind of a local company, national, international? So Darling is, is headquartered in Irving, Texas. Uh, we have uh, actually three production facilities that serve the continental U.S. Uh, one is in Henderson, Kentucky, another in Fremont, Nebraska, and a third in Turlock, California. Uh, the each does a little bit, you know, the, the, the latter two, the, the uh, Nebraska and California uh, facilities are very focused on organic agriculture. Uh, the Henderson kind of flagship location that that is is the longest tenured and, and the one that we've always made nature safe at for 30 plus years is really a kind of a jack of all trades. We do a lot in that that turf business for golf course, sports turf, lawn care. That's where we do some of our private label work where we can make products that find their way onto a, a big box retail shelf. And then of course the organic agriculture uh, really started there and started where we were just kind of picking up the phone when people were calling saying, hey, I could use some help growing fill in the blank. Uh -huh. And uh, usually our response was, well, we can tell you how our products work and then let's <laughs> see how that is applicable to what you're trying to do. And and that's kind of how it's grown. And, and, and certainly Darling Ingredients, which we're a publicly traded company, uh, we, we have been around since 1882. So the really interesting lineage connection there is that rendering, which is what our business is, its first use of those materials going back hundreds of years was as fertilizer. So we're kind of getting back to our roots when we talk about nature safe and getting back to what we originally were doing when the business was started, which was really providing a recycling system or service, and then what to do with that material, which was principally to put it back into the soil as a, as a, as a fertilizer product. So uh, Darling was founded in 1882. So this is, what is that, almost 140 years of recycling uh, uh, and, and environmental stewardship. So Rick, let's talk a little bit about your organic products. Um, talk about the products that organic farmers are coming to you for, um, where they come from, mm -hmm. um, the kind of their source, and then how do you distribute them uh, sure. if a farmer is interested? So our, our, we have a, a, a pretty extensive product line. And, and the reason why is because 
our core inputs of what we produce or are vertically integrated from a production standpoint are really in those feed ingredients like meat, bone, blood, feather meals. Those are the inputs that, again, if we never sold another bag of fertilizer, those are principally sold as feed ingredients. Um, we can take and, and alter the uh, inclusion rate of those you know, inputs. Um, typically, we'll add a potash source, either sulfate of potash or sulpamag, primarily because our, our, our proteins are, are usually high in organic nitrogen. Uh, they can be high in phosphorus and calcium, but they're typically relatively low in soluble potassium. So if we're looking for a K2O uh, on the label, as a general rule, we're adding either SOP or sulpamag to that formulation. But from that, we're able to produce, you know, some very highly concentrated you know, organic and, 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 and material review organization reviewed and approved uh, uh, and accepted materials like, a, like, you know, OMRI, CBFA, ODA, WSDA, all have reviewed products like our 1300 is a staple, all organic, uh, organic nitrogen product. We have a 1028, a 961 is, is, is a very popular formulation for organic growers, uh, 855, um, so, you know, 10 to 8. So we, we, we have a, a pretty broad product offering with, uh, if you look at CDFAs, I just got their, their updated uh, product listing of the products we have listed with uh, California Department of, of Food and Ag and, and, and their organic input materials program. I think there's like 27 products that are under the NatureSafe brand. Sure. In addition to those granulated or pelleted products that are a dry controlled release products, we have... Uh, couple liquid products. So where we're using a fermented plant or corn extract, uh, we have some dry flowables also from a fermented corn extract concentrate, or um, uh, we have a couple of dry, another dry flowable made from some uh, porcine derived blood or, or meat protein uh, isolate type materials. So we've got a, a, a pretty broad product offering all with the expectation of trying to figure out rather than us say it's a one size fits all it's let's figure out what it is that we do what the customer really needs and how we can best help them with the right product and 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 support them that way so are most of your products kind of targeted towards those high value crops uh fruits vegetables nuts are they more tar targeted towards row crops and more your corn and soybeans or do you have products for both i think i think there's definitely a, a an evolution to that certainly we cut our teeth on the higher value crops and and some of those are crops that you kind of scratch your head and say i wasn't quite sure that existed like organic <laughs> tobacco or you know certain certain crops that that may not be in our everyday uh, uh, thought process of, of, of what we might buy at the grocer. And, uh, but certainly the row crops and corn and, and soybeans being, being, being critical to that are, are always looking to say, how can you help me improve our yields? What I would look at or where, how we would address those opportunities though is to say, you're probably, if you're growing organic corn, you're not gonna say, I'm gonna deliver all of my NPK from products like Nature Safe Supplies. Uh, the primary reason for that is it's just probably not gonna be cost, uh, cost effective to do that. Uh -huh. 
And we try and take a pretty, you know, literal look at that to say, well, here's where we do a really nice job with organic corn, for example. And, and as a general rule, if you're growing organic corn, there's more often than not, you're also doing a lot of nutrient loading with poultry litter or some other manure type uh, product. We certainly encourage that. There's a whole bunch of manure out there and we certainly encourage its use. And uh, what we do is we actually complement that those applications and we help drill down into some additional release characteristics and not just deliver a consistent predictable release of what is applied and at what time that's applied and what you can expect from that application in the form of nature safe but you kind of get this one plus one equals three effect by if you've got a lot of nutrient loading that's going on uh, a lot of that material is just sitting there so i always say it's kind of like having a bank account where you lost your pen number and you're trying to get you know some 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 money and if you're like me to give to your daughter in college or something like that and you're saying okay how do you do that what what do we do well we create a you know an, an ecosystem where we're you know, super stimulating or hyper stimulating that environment by feeding those beneficial soil microbes, which through their growth and success and explosion helps tap into some what was previously unreleased nutrients that are tied up in the soil. And, and that synergy then translates into not just a, a very efficient feed, but a very cost effective, nice return on investment type of a feed as well. Mm -hmm. So we've yet to figure out how to make uh, make it rain when there's a drought, or how to deal with with other uh, you know challenges. Uh, but we certainly know how to feed the soil, and that's uh, that's our strength. So if um, a farmer is using some of the raw manures, and you know we all know they're inconsistent, a little unpredictable. Mm -hmm. You you use a soil amendment to to kind of improve that consistency. And availability. You know, you know, Tom, it's, it's, I would say, I wouldn't use the term amendment because when I think of an amendment, I think of really what you're saying on the front end of that, of, of if you're using manures, I think as a general rule, and certainly please hear yeah. me say being pro manure, I am, <laughs> I, I, I support the use of, of, of manure. Um, I think you're getting equal parts a soil amendment as you are an organic fertilizer. Okay. Our product, I would say you are not getting a soil amendment. What you're really getting is an absolute soil food. And through that, so if you put down that 1300 product that I talked about, that product has over 80% protein, over 75% amino acids. So for every you know 200 pounds of product, you're putting 160 pounds of protein. 150 plus pounds of amino acids are going down and that's very available, very digestible. It's going to release, depending on temperature and and, and um, moisture, in a 10 to 12 week period. After that, you'll have some residual value from that kind of fertilizer factory effect. You're exploding soil microbes. Those microbes are going to decompose and further provide nutrition to the plant. But then it's gone. You're uh -huh. not you're not having these additional amendments or remnants there. It's 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 done its deed, and that deed is very much centered on feeding the soil and then in turn feeding the plant. So, uh, so when we look at, at again, that, that complement to a, con, you know, a typical program that involves, you know, manure applications or cover cropping, which we encourage, we see 
you know, what happens typically on a, on a manure application is a lot of that's done pre-plant and you get a nice reason, you know, whenever you smell poultry litter, you're not smelling litter, you're smelling <laughs> ammonia, right? right. And, and that's a quick release, very available material. And then you're getting maybe a, you know, half of that material is going to be a fairly, you know, typical release, like, like how nature safe would release. And then the balance is likely that kind of that, 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 that bank account that we lost the pen number. It's going to release eventually, but it's hard to say exactly when. Right. So what we really try and focus on is, is, is creating a very predictable, consistent, complete release over the window for when it's applied in that 10, 12 week period. And then that additional synergy of tapping into some of that unreleased uh, uh, benefits. So you're not going to completely use up the soil amendment that was provided in the form of the manure, but you're certainly going to better utilize that during the growing season that you're targeting. Right. Right. So one of the things I've always wondered about, Rick, is a lot of the products that you use, they come to you on a, a regular basis, right? Mm -hmm. Rendry works don't shut down for when the crop is in the field. How do you deal with the kind of the the consistent supply of raw materials coming into you and then the inconsistent kind of process of you selling products. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, Tom, because I always say we're, we're, we're not quite as seasonal as selling Christmas trees, but we're not, a, <laughs> we're not super far off of, of that mentality. And that, so the challenge and, and you know, with, with our plants, especially like in Kentucky, um, as a good example, you know, we, we've got four seasons in Kentucky and they're pretty balanced. They're three months each. So we've got to figure out, you know, how do you run a consistent operation, multiple shifts, keeping people employed year round uh, and, and, and cash flow that business properly. So, so for us, a key element to that is diversification of the business uh, the, and the markets, geographic diversification and market diversification. And that's worked. A, that's been a very effective strategy. And and uh, but but on the quality control side, you know, it, it, it's it's so much easier to have consistent inputs if you have consistent demand. It's when you have the inconsistency that it becomes a whole lot more challenging. So if you can first create consistency of demand to 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 serve those various markets, then we can then in essence have our, our dibs are first in line for the input. So I always, uh, you know, at Henderson, uh, Kentucky was, was, you know, our first purpose, if you will, of why NatureSafe was created was really to find a home for, for feather meal. Now we're certainly just as focused on, on finding a home for, for materials like meat and bone meal, but the feather meal, just out of good luck, we have a number of production facilities that vertically integrate into that Henderson location that are fairly close in proximity, have an incredible quality control program that ensure that, you know, I, I feel like, like we can say with confidence that, that we enjoy the highest quality organic inputs of any organic fertilizer on the market, which allows us to then be confident in making the highest quality organic outputs by making organic fertilizers that deliver because of that consistency. And again, for us, there's, there's not a real secret formula other than saying, if it doesn't make a really good feed ingredient, I don't believe it'll make a really good organic fertilizer because yeah. I believe the principles are very, very similar. Uh -huh. So throughout the, the history of NatureSafe, 
you must have developed new products. Are there new products out there that you're looking at that go, wow, that would make an interesting fit? I mean, because you really are into recycling, right? You're mm -hmm. recycling a lot of things into an organic fertilizer. Are there things out there you've thought, wow, that's interesting. I've not thought about that before. Maybe that would make an organic fertilizer or used in organic farming. You know, Tom, that's a good question because you're right. I mean, what, you know, our core business has always kind of stayed true to those feed ingredients, but even that business and, and Darling is, is entrepreneurial and, and, and we're doing some things today that if you had told me we would do this 10 years ago, I'd be like, there's no way. It makes no, you know, I, I, I've never even heard of such a thing. And, and a good example is, is we have a business called EnviroFlight. EnviroFlight is where we actually produce and harvest black soldier fly larvae. And that, you know, we have a, a commercial producing facility in Maysville, Kentucky, where, where we are literally breeding these soldier black soldier fly uh, uh black soldier flies that are creating a you know a, a larvae that starts off about the head of your pen from a size standpoint then in a very short period of time just grows exponentially and then they are harvested and to create in essence a similar product stream to what is our core business which is the selling or the recycling of fats and proteins so I always say, like, if you think about the, the, the big picture of what we do, it's like frying bacon in a pan. We take heat and steam pressure and apply it to a raw material that creates an oil or a fat or a grease on one end and a meal or a protein on the other. Well, in essence, we're doing something very similar to that with this black soldier fly larvae. There is a product stream from that called FRAST, which is the the it's, it's the, the exoskeletons and some of the excrements from that black soldier fly larvae production process and even some maybe unconsumed feedstock that, that is fed into, as part of their, 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 their feeding regimen. And that material could very well have all sorts of different benefits for for uh, organic agriculture or agriculture in general. It could be that there's chitin uh, in those materials, and that chitin might have uh, 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 nematode suppression uh, uh, properties or other values that we just haven't quite learned or figured out yet. So this is a very emerging uh, business and one that we're continuing to invest and grow. Uh, a lot of the materials are ultimately finding little niche markets, be it pet foods or even you know some of these these materials find their way into your local zoos to feed the you know, various animals that are, that are housed there. So it's a lot of different, different things that, that we're, we're certainly learning and trying to figure out what are those applications or what are the opportunities that a material like that can represent. So do you think that as a society, we're moving more towards kind of, a, we're developing technologies that let us get more closely to kind of that closed loop system where we're recycling more of the things by different technologies. I mean, this black soldier fly, I find fascinating if it really like delivers on the promise. It's really a cool technology to take food waste or something else and turn it into an organic fertilizer, if you will. Well, you know, I think when you think of a closed loop and, and I think of 
you know, like, like, like how we've always looked at this. And, and you mentioned about, you know, like maybe my, in my career, I was doing organics before organics were, were cool or we were green before <laughs> green, when green was just a color or, you know, however we phrase that. The interesting element is that we truly are recyclers in the rec- and, 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 and to the point where we can't sell what we can't make and we can't make what we can't recycle from a raw material. So that is the very essence of what we do. And because of that, I feel like we are truly, you know, global models of environmental stewardship excellence. But when I apply that, that thinking to, you know, what else is happening out there? I just think that that environmental stewardship, resource conservation, sustainability, all of, all of those are part of any good go-to-market strategy. Sustainability is just as much, you know, uh, the ability to continue to operate as it is to turn a fair profit. And, you know, all of those elements need to to play a role. So when we look at, at what we do and, 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 you know, we try and take a pretty simple approach is, you know, how can we help people? How can we apply what we do and hopefully what we do really well to a market or to a, to, to, to a customer that has a need that we can help. And if we can help them enough, everybody wins. And, uh, you know, I think it's like the, the Zig Ziglar adage or, or maybe it was Earl Nightingale who said, you know, you can get anything you want out of life so long as you help enough other people get what they want. And I think that in a very real sense, that's our position, or our belief in what we do is how do we apply what we do really well to help people in as varied a way as we can. Um, I, 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 we're still learning certainly mm-hmm. about that. So what percent of your products that you produce go to strictly an organic kind of target versus non-organic or more conventional farming methods? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say in, in our two facilities, in the, the Nebraska facility and the, the, the California facility, 100% of that production is earmarked for organic crop production. Now, we are certainly oh. doing analysis and some research to say, is there ways we can help conventional growers? Just like if you look at the, you know, I, I think you and I have thrown around some numbers recently about you know how much manure is out there. Right. You know, I believe it's it's somewhere in this unbelievable number, like one ton of manure is created every year for every man, woman, and child in the U.S., which is hard to even fathom. Uh, but I believe that's to be a, a fairly accurate number almost, you know, a certainly a very large percentage of that manure that we think of as organic is ultimately going to conventional agriculture, you know, to nutrient load those soils. And, and, and so the thought is, is to say, is there, are there roles that we could play in conventional agriculture where we could do what we were talking about just a minute ago? Can we help people? Can we help them achieve some level of success that would 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 matter to their to their crops to their soil to to their business, and we are doing research. We are uh, uh, currently looking at that in in a, in a in a number of different angles to to try and answer that question and and and, and determine how we can best help. Mm. So those products that can be used in conventional agriculture have to have a pretty low price point, and if they also fit into organic agriculture, what a great what a great win for organic farmers because that that price point would be so much lower. Sure, and and you know those whole the, that whole analysis is 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 really to to determine you know will there be 
you know, markets can change, uh, regulatory issues can change, and we can, you know, so we look at, 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 at our, our, um, our role and we say, you know, how do we create contingency plans based on change? How do we take what, as long as we continue to play to our strengths, I have every confidence that we're going to help the people that we're trying to work with and support. And, and um, you know, to, to, to back to your question on the, the, the various types of products that we sell, you know, we, I would say we have, you know, seven or eight formulations that are strictly targeted for, you know, turf that are non-organic uh, uh, listed that may take what we do really well from an organic standpoint and complement that that material with a inorganic nitrogen source, an ammonium sulfate, a stabilized nitrogen or urea type product, uh, uh, a methylene urea, those types of materials that, that, that create a hybrid or a, a, a fortified organic go-to-market strategy where it's not just about using organics. We always try and in, in those markets, the, 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 the markets that are not obviously organic first in their in their mindset our whole objective there is to say how do we create a nutrition foundation mm-hmm. you know from you know that makes all the other good things they're doing better you know chemically culturally biologically how do we do that better and it's no you know to me it's it's, it's no different than than our bodies you know when you know how do we get sick we get sick when we're kind of run down we're tired we're not eating right we're you know we're we're we're, we're having these other stresses and those, those result must usually kind of the, the marble falling off the table. And that can, that can certainly result in a, in a deep valley or a pretty wide valley. When you're focusing on good nutrition and, and exercise and other things, doesn't mean you won't get sick, but when you do, that valley tends to be not as deep and, and not quite as wide and, and, and the recovery. Well, what we look at and what we do from a fertility standpoint for turf is somewhat similar. We're creating a nutrition foundation. And if you believe that, and I believe this is, is that if you believe in a, a stress budget, and I believe that if you're enough of a digit head and you applied <laughs> a numerical value to stress, there's a number that when you reach that number, you, it's the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. And I believe that if you look at organic nutrition principles of creating a healthy, vibrant soil, that what that does, especially over time, is it creates a a stress budget buffer. So just for numerical purposes, if you said that that number was 100 units of stress before that plant ultimately dies or withers or goes south, then if you're using an organic program, then maybe after that first year, maybe that plant can withstand 105 units of stress. Mm. Maybe, you know, what's crazy about that is maybe after a couple of years, maybe that's 107 or 112. Mm. You say, well, is that a big difference? It is if you're getting 103 units of stress. Right. It is, you know, it's those little things that make a huge difference. And I really believe that that is, is, is a methodology that's worked really well for us in turf that isn't you know, thinking organic first, but thinking, how do I best manage this IPM program? How do I best manage this in- incredible, you know, ecosystem? I'm growing a golf course green at these ridiculously low mowing heights and rounds of play and, ex- you know, extreme expectations. How do I do that? How do I increase my level of control? So you're really building in resilience into the whole process, right? Absolutely. Even starting there with the soil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Rick, I'm from a 
I'm from Iowa, right? I, when I need fertilizer, I walk into my local ag retailer and I get what I need. In organic farming, it's not always the same way, right? Sometimes you got to look a little harder. How do people get a hold of Nature Safe and how do they interact with your company if they need something? Yeah, that's a, you know, Tom, when we, you know, it depends on our markets really and, and, and where we're at in that kind of go to market strategy. As a general rule, we try and work with a distribution network because uh, we believe that a good distribution network represents subject matter experts that are providing a broad array of solutions to that grower. And we are not naive enough to think that we're the, you know, all that in a bag of chips. We know what we do and we know what we do from a, from a, a, what our strength is, but we also recognize that we're, we're, we're not a one-stop shop. So there's a lot of incredibly important inputs and, and excellent uh, uh, materials that are represented by a good distributor and those guys in the white pickup trucks tend to be subject matter experts. They tend to be you know, solution-based. So when at all possible, our preference is, is to partner with those folks to see, again, taking that simple mindset of how do we help? How do we help that distributor provide a solution that matters to that grower? How does that nutrition foundation that that product in the form of NatureSafe represent create wallet share or increased cross-sell opportunities by improving the effectiveness of all the other good things they're doing? And I do think that that a NatureSafe and certainly organics in general have that unique ability to make all the other good things that are grown or that are applied or that cultural practices or biological practices that go on it helps make them better, helps make them more effective, just like eating right and exercise makes us healthier. Same basic premise. So again, what we would do is, 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 is try and connect the dots with a, with a good distributor. We do sell direct in, in, in situations that, that warrant that, but generally speaking, we'll work with a distributor to best serve that customer's needs and, 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 and figure out how to, to supply chain that properly so that they got the right product at the right time and, and the right amount and, and go from there. So I'm interested in nature safe products, right? I'm, a, I'm an organic farmer, want to know what you have available, want to know where I can access a dealer. What's the best way for me to find that information out? Certainly our website, you know, www.naturesafe.com is where we've all been conditioned to find, find information on whatever it is we we're interested in. And, 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 and on that website, and we're actually in the process of going through some, some uh, 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 reviews to, to continue to work to improve that website, but on a baseline in terms of trying to find product information, trying to understand the labels, the SDS, the if, there, if it's an organic certified product or listed product with Omri uh, or other organizations, we certainly want to provide that information. Uh, we have contact uh, ways to reach us if you want additional contacts. We, we, we tend to, on our, um, on our turf business, we'll list a lot of our distributors. Uh, we have a listing on our website, which makes that connection because in all instances, when we're talking about a turf application, we're selling through a distribu distributor relationship. In agriculture, because there's so many other variables and you know, uh, that may or may not be serviced by a, by a distributor, we try and make our 
you know, want someone on our team, a, a gatekeeper to how we can help. And very often that's directing to a distributor, but it may be saying, well, how can we help you on a, on a more direct basis? So it's very situational. Right. So do you have agronomists on staff that can help farmers uh, decide what's the best products? Yeah, with, with, yeah, PCAs and, 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 and uh, you know, so the, 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 the sales function is very much a consultative sale. And okay. uh, we're certainly not trying to, um, to, to do anything that, that, that isn't a true representation of, of what our products do and how they can help. And, you know, sometimes we, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be asked questions or an application situation comes up and, and we'll just say, you know what, I'll tell you, I don't think we're the right fit. And maybe redirect them accordingly based on what we know. And, and, and we think that's just a good strategy to, to help help fellow growers uh, be successful. But when we can help, we just try and lay it out and be as clean and simple as we can in terms of what we do. Uh, also tell what we don't do. Um, you know, weed control in the world of organics is always a challenge and, and uh, you know, organic fertilizer doesn't have a solution for that. There's a lot of cultural practices that have to be put in place and other challenges that, to address that. But but we'll tell you what we do and what we do well, and also in some cases what we don't do so well, and and just lay that out so we can help um, figure out how to move forward. Uh, Rick, if somebody looked at your products five, ten years ago and didn't find anything of interest, have your is your product line stayed pretty stable, or have you added some new stuff that's that's worth a new look? Yeah, you know it's uh, it's interesting because it's always been a what I've believed to be an kind of an evolutionary process that we've added products as needs have dictated, uh, or as a, you know, as we said, well, you know what, we, we, we see a need for a formulation. And, 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 uh, uh, so I, I've, I would say over the last five plus years though, that certainly kicked it up a, a couple of notches because our company, you know, Darling Ingredients looked at fertilizer and said, you know, we think this is a really good business for us to, to help more people. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, there's been a different entrepreneurial element to our, to our business. And that's fun. That means that we can, you know, there's no such thing as a, you know, you can come up with some, you know, crazy idea like black soldier fly larvae. And the first response isn't what the heck you thinking? It's, is there value in that? Can we do that? Well, can we help people? And certainly over the last five years, we've added, you know, we weren't in the liquid business five years ago. We weren't uh, really in the dry flowable business. We had started about six, seven years ago, but we certainly have products that are, are, are supportive of that. We've expanded with additional formulations. We had a, you know, a customer uh, last year that said, you know, I really want sulfur. You know, there's, you know, uh, one of the, 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 the kind of, funny anecdotes of, 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 a, of a cleaner environment is that you know, a lot of people used to get all their sulfur they wanted from acid rain. And, and certainly there are parts of the, uh, of the country that are a little deficient in sulfur. So we yeah. said, well, can we help there? Well, yeah, we can bring in a sulfur product and we can make a, a formulation that creates a different kind of ratio material. If that's of value, then great. If we can help people um, we're certainly interested in doing that. So those are just examples. And, and those haven't really been vetted from a, a business standpoint of what will that mean five years from now. But 
they started with a grower who said, hey, I've got a need. And if our response to that kind of that discussion was, I think we can help, then, then the next step is to do just that. And, and, and whether or not that has scalability throughout our network and, and, and turns out to be a home run or a, uh, a foul ball, we're, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's to be determined, but there's definitely a, uh, an entrepreneurial element and uh, a different spin on things that uh, is exciting. Yeah. Well, Rick, I really appreciate your time. I feel like we could spend a whole episode on the Black Soldier Fly. <laughs> I'm interested in revisiting that someday. But I really want to thank you for your time. But the last question I would have is, you're in a room with an organic farmer for two minutes. When he gets up and leaves, what do you want him to know about nature safe? You know, I, I, you know, that two minute, that elevator pitch is, uh, is always a good, a good barometer. I would always say this, that for us, we, we, what we do that we feel is unique and differentiated is how concentrated our materials are and how available those are materials are, or those organic inputs are. So when we think of organics, most people think of them as waste streams. So most people think of them as low analysis, unpredictable in their release, smell awful, those kinds of challenges. And what we're doing is taking and saying, we're addressing that on every level. We're super concentrating these products. We have OMRI listed uh, organic inputs that are as high as a 15% organic wow. nitrogen. We have, those products are, are specifically engineered to provide a very complete, very consistent release and a controlled release in that 10, 12 week period. So when we think of what do you want them to know? I want them to think number one, this isn't a waste stream. It's a product of value that are focused on the concentration of how concentrated can we make that material? And then secondly, and just as important, how available is that material? Because you know, we could take our, our, our leather belt and grind it up and it's high in nitrogen probably or protein, but it wouldn't be very, right. you know, very available. And then the third issue component to that is, is, is then, so what? What does that mean? How does that matter to me as a grower? How can you help me take those highly concentrated inputs and those very available inputs that are unrestricted in use from an organic producer standpoint and help me grow my business? And, 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 and addressing that in a, in a meaningful and specific way depending on what they're growing and how they're growing, we'll figure it out. Well, again, thanks, Rick. Rick Geisey um, with uh, Nature Safe. I appreciate your time. And to the listening audience, thanks for listening to another episode of Organics Unpacked. And be sure to tune in every week when we'll unpack another facet of organic farming. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Organics Unpacked. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and giving this show a five-star rating and review so we can continue to help organic growers improve their operations.